right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with a truncated version of the fun bunch, which actually is not a good word to use because that could imply that we actually like have lost limbs and are thus truncated. Yeah, no, not at all. So we are a smaller gathering of the fun bunch uh, here today. It's uh, me, Heather, and I was going to say Megan. That's funny. Megan. Meg. Yeah. No, I knew a kid in high school named Megan. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought there was like a Walking Dead. No, uh, no, 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 that'd be Negan, although that would be awesome. She could be Megan. <laughs> Do it. you watch The Walking Dead? Mm-mm. Okay, yeah. so that's not a particularly flattering no. um, comparison. Oh, uh, although an, he's it's Negan, though, with Negan, an N. Yes, yes. 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 But also yeah. a guy. Yes. Also a guy. Yes. Okay. Also a psychopath, yeah. but, you know. Oh. And yet, we can, that's another podcast, but at some point we're supposed to have sympathy for him now, and I'm not, right. not digging yeah, no, that. No, no, because now, well, again, like I said, yeah. different podcast. Yeah. So, hey, y'all, welcome to Fun Fact Friday, or we are we continually come up with different names, like, um, what was yours? Uh, almost almost fun, <laughs> fun, almost facts. Not quite facts yep. Friday. Yep, that's a good one. Fact-ish <laughs> Friday. Fact-adjacent. Fun, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, all fucked up. And then all fucked up. up. That was the other yeah. one. Yep. Uh, so who wants to go first? I, I don't know if I'm quite prepared. Like, I needed that um, time. Like, did you all ever do your homework on the bus? Yes. Yeah. I kind of need just the bus ride. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'll listen to other people. I just need, like, the bus ride to kind of finalize my, my work here. Totally fine. All right. Let me jump in? You go. I'm going to jump in. All right. Okay. So, Linda. Yes. When we were chatting oh, earlier. Yes. Uh, and we're talking about our very pale complexion. Yes. And how the sun, tend, we can be out with for just a few moments, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we are burned. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise. Likewise. likewise right? I like to say I don't tan, I pink. I, yes. Uh, <laughs> go I from white to red. like yep. to say I'm pale and I'm proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then that got me interested in um, skin, skin cells, skin pigmentation. Ah, yeah, of course it did. Like, exactly. Okay. Right. All right. And so I came across this article. From Brown University, folks. Ooh, legit. Which is funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I did that on okay, purpose. Okay. And then you should have seen their faces. It was awesome. <laughs> we each took like Take a beat. one, yep. one, one, one yep. moment. One yep. moment. All right. So um, folks at Brown were investigating this protein called Opsin-3. Who comes up with these names? Holy Mr. moly. Mr. Opsin. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> and uh, so Opsin-3 is related to rhodopsin. Anyone know where rhodopsin is located in your body? In, in, is it in a strand of in DNA? In your eyes. No. In your eyes. In your eyes. Very good. Is How do you know that? Huh? It's a language thing. It is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because there's, uh, remember, Heather, I was talking to you about what the sun, what these lights drain from right. your eyes. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. So when oh, she said okay. it, oh. I, it reminded me of that conversation, which reminded me of eyes. That's uh, how my brain works. So, <laughs> uh, fluorescent lights yep. drain, drain rhodopsin from, from your, your eyes. eyes. Okay. Yep. Okay. So tell me what Very rhodopsin nice. All right, does. So rhodopsin. Well, it happens to be related to this opsin three. Opsin okay. three is really the the protagonist here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll follow up with rhodopsin in a later <laughs> chapter. <laughs> All right. So this opsin three apparently. Uh, they found out it has a role in adjusting the amount of pigment produced in human skin, which is a, a determinant of our skin color. Okay. Okay. So they wanted to learn a little bit more about opsin. And um, so this brings us back to the sun and uh, making sure that depending on the type of uh, pigmentation that you have, you have a certain amount of suntan lotion. I tend to have to lather myself oh, yeah. every hour. I oh, come back in. Do you lather or do you slather or do you both? Um, actually, you know what? That that's a false statement. Spray? I don't do either. I spray. I, I spray. Oh, the, this could this could be its own uh, uh, 
podcast episode. Because <laughs> I spray, I, I enjoy the spray for the body, but then for the face, I enjoy a good lotion. Oh, and yeah. Just, you know, rub it yeah. all over. And then I got to pay attention to my ears <laughs> if I'm going to be wearing my hair back. Yeah. Because that's awfully painful. Yep. My yeah, hair. my hair's up. I forget, always forget the back of my mm-hmm. neck, too. Um, having worst. blonde hair, I can actually get burned on my scalp, <laughs> scalp. through my hair. <laughs> I've never uh, dealt with that unfortunate situation, but I... Like, yeah. I, I, I can tell that would just be really painful. Interesting. I'm Does that happen when that. you go full gray, too? I won't, don't know. <laughs> my it, my mother still hasn't gone full gray, oh, so. Yeah. Okay. It's the blonde. It thing. is the blonde. Yeah. It must yep. be blonde. Okay. All right, so um, the sun produces ultraviolet radiation mm-hmm. in wave-like that. form, uh-huh. and that uh, goes into your skin, and then it tells the skin to produce more melanin to help protect it against uh, the radiation. Right. right. Okay. Hence why we get the tan over yep. long-term. So there's UVA and there's UVB types of ra- radiation. Okay. Ultraviolet A and ultraviolet B. Uh, fun fact, uh, UVB is called short wavelength, and UVA is long wavelength. And I, you it's also the University of Virginia, which is where I got my <laughs> master's degree. That it is also. <laughs> <laughs> Always back to her. <laughs> ah, you're standing in for Jess, I see. <laughs> All right, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, UVB is what makes humans tan, really. So focusing on the, on UVB. We know a lot about UVB. We don't know so much about UVA. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I was so, there for two years. I, I... I, yes, you could definitely give them a few fun facts to share. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> Maybe I'll do that one day. There's a lot of good Watch out, Brown. UVA founder. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, basically these scientists wanted to go and figure out more about UVA um, and figure out how the skin detects and responds to UVA radiation because it's more abundant than um, UVB is. Hmm. And are they both blocked by glass? I think it depends on the type of glass. Okay. Yep. Because like, like I know you can't one? get tan driving right. because it blocks the and whatever UV, the, yeah, whatever yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. Are they both contributing to greenhouse yeah. effect? Isn't there... Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, that would be another um, fact, okay. follow-up fact, okay. I think. I don't right. have to go... Dive I'm th- into that I'm one. Th- I'm not going to think about it too much. All right. but okay. I Focus, like people. It could be related. <laughs> UVA. We're focusing on UVA. Yes. The, the wavelength. Not the school. <laughs> okay. So the okay. Long, longer the, wavelength UVA. The type yeah. of light. That should be better. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, they were investigating these different parts of the skin called the melanocytes, which is the specialized skin cells that produces pigmentation. And they have a lot of opsin-3, which is made, made mm-hmm. the connection between the two. And they wanted to know if opsin-3 was what received the light and was able to indicate that UV um, would then catalyze the production of melanin. Hmm. So they wanted to know if the two were linked together. Right. Really. Wanted okay. to know if, that was the pro- if their, pro- their idea of the process was correct. Okay. They were incorrect. Hmm. So, what very really exciting. Happens. Right? What really happened. So, um, opsin-3, believe it or not, uh, acts independent of light. So opsin-3 is able to kind of um, intercede on this process of melanin production. Okay. And um, it doesn't matter how much it's been exposed to light, and it can be manipulated to change how much melanin is That's in That's crazy. Isn't that that crazy? When, you, when you said something up top here about the uh, eye, I'm like, oh, don't. She's going to say <laughs> that your eyes kind of dictate the, the whole... Burning of the Burning skin, process. skin and the yeah. melatonin. Wow. Okay. Melanin, so, not melatonin. Right. So, <laughs> okay. 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 So let me do a little more. Okay. I'm, but I just want to throw all the sides. I don't know why the hell burns so bad. I did not research that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, really, this could eventually help with um, different pigmentation disorders. 
if uh-huh. we're able to like, like, figure mm-hmm. out albinism and yes, yes. and uh, I can't and pronounce the Michael Jackson disease vitiligo vitiligo oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the one where there's just patches of yeah, white skin yeah, yeah. the yeah. Michael Jackson yep disease. oh is that okay yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't hundred percent sure okay so basically the mechanism is that okay, we don't need to go through every every little hypothesis but I'd be more than happy to no okay, no so, yeah that's what no I no <laughs> uh, it, it's it's a Friday before Memorial Weekend we got, <laughs> we got places to go yeah. okay so there's this receptor protein called melanocortin one which uh, is able to figure out whether or not UVA is um, a good university is go- I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it. It recepts UVA waves. It recepts UVA waves. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm making up languages. Because, nice. Okay. No, I, do, I do it every week. So. I, mean, I know you do. <laughs> not, not the option three. Yes. Okay. And so then uh, this receptor is basically what catalyzes the production of a molecular um, signal called CAMP that triggers melanin production. So there's a couple different steps involved. Okay. But option three is able to decrease levels of that m- molecule CAMP, and then it changes the amount of melanin that's produced. Okay. So the light comes in, but light only is only impacted by the receptor, and then the receptor goes through this process. Yeah. And then this guy, Opsin 3, comes in and is just like, nope, we're actually not going to do that. I'm going to decrease the number of signals that you're telling this other part okay. to make more melanin. Okay. Because I feel like doing it. So there could be, so for instance, if you're wearing sunglasses all the time, would yes. that impact the amount of melanin that... Like, like, do you think it then... Well, okay, so I, I think this goes back to um, being able to then regulate opsin 3. Okay, yeah, yeah. And there might be other things that are influencing that also are uh, influenced by the light that would then influence yeah. opsin 3. I just don't think that they know enough. Yeah. But they do know that if they manipulate opsin 3... They can change the color of your skin? They could change the color of your skin. <gasps> oh, I don't like Brave that. Brave new world. I don't like that. All right, all. I know. Please stop sharing so, this information. <laughs> <laughs> Potential implication. Potential implication. Okay. So then as soon as I read that, I was like, designer babies. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, this, this could definitely put Jerry Springer out of business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, I think it goes back to what we've talked about before. Like, science can be good or evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, now I want to look more into eugenics and figure out what the heck is going on there. So I came across another article. Oh my gosh! Uh, for those of you who can't see, she's got a little graph and a little uh, little model. It, it looks a little like model, a model that she made like, here. It looks. I'm like gonna a actually model. take a picture of that and post You're it welcome. in our show notes. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, uh, look, nice. there's UVI. Yeah, <laughs> right, right there in Charlottesville. Well, hey, it's a squiggle. It is a squiggle, very much like me. <laughs> squiggle. <laughs> All right, so I didn't know. I feel like I've heard of designer babies, but I didn't know everything involved in them. Mm-hmm. And um, I came. I was a little surprised by a couple of things. So designer baby, basically genetically engineered in vitro in the dish, and mm-hmm. they can decide. Um, I did not know though that parents are able to have influence over which cells they're using for um, for Eye position. color, hair color, that so, crap. Pre-implementation genetic diagnosis is basically the screening of all the viable embryos, and they can select which ones are not predisposed, excuse me, predisposed. Disposed, thank you, <laughs> Friday afternoon. To certain genetic conditions, so it's called PGD. Things mm-hmm. like cystic fibrosis right. and anemia. Okay, these are things that they can screen for through uh, genetic screening of the parents. But once the embryo is created, so like I know I I did not create any embryos, but um, like I 
I have a high, I think I'm a carrier for cystic fibrosis. And if I was marrying another carrier, mm-hmm. then it would have been a problem. Mm-hmm. And they would have known if the baby, yep. like the likelihood and blah, blah, blah. So yep. they can screen for a lot of that. Yeah. Beforehand. And the thing that surprised me, those parents can then select the ones that don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, and I, and I get that. No, I mean, but um, problematic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> potentially problematic. We, right. we want healthy children, but <laughs> right. gray area. Right. So, because where's the line? History. Yeah, history. 1996 was uh, the first <laughs> to, well-known which, which to you may be history, I but to seven. me it's modern okay. day. Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> We hate her life. <laughs> As I was saying. No, sorry. Mon- uh, excuse me. Monique and Scott Collins saw doctors at the Genetics and IVF Institute in Fairfax, Virginia. And they wanted to ha- add one more to their family. Again, oh, back to Virginia. Sorry. Isn't yeah. that where yeah. UVA is? No, yeah. UVA is in Charlottesville. Oh, I would, oh so close. I would like the record to show that it was Heather <laughs> that interrupted <laughs> Meg with that one, not me. <laughs> All right. So the Collinses, they wanted a girl. Because they, the first two children were already boys. Uh-huh. And um, this was one of the first highly publicized instances of PGD in which the selection of the embryo was not performed to address a specific medical condition, but to fulfill a parent's desire to create a more balanced family, as they term it. And did they do that? Did they select the girl that they uh, did? embryo? Wow. So they were featured in Time Magazine's 1999 article, Designer Babies. You can go to j- jail for 99 years for that in Alabama now. Yes. Well, no, <laughs> no, I know, you can't. But, uh, <laughs> however, if they want to consider an embryo, a they don't a, though. A, Didn't you hear that? Oh God, it's so ridiculous. So they're saying, oh, no. it, it, embryos are actually exempt because they're not in the woman's body. They're I not see. in pregnancy. So it's clearly about controlling women's right. bodies. Yeah. Right. That's what? purely what it's about. So these like draconian um, anti-abortion laws that have been yeah. passed in it, Alabama, yes. where uh, abortion is illegal after a fetal heartbeat can be detected, which could be as early as six weeks. What's the embryo part, though? Well, so the point is that a woman can go to jail. It's a crime if she has an abortion. Okay? So the question was, if an embryo is destroyed, is that... Oh, if it's destroyed. Okay, I missed that part. Yeah, if it's destroyed because it's just sitting there. Got you. uh, Is that a criminal act? And they said no. Because it's not her body. Because it's not Mm. her body. I thought you were talking about the embryo that wasn't her body, and they were just negating the fact that it was in the body. And I was like, what in the world? I mean, that's a kind of circular conversation (laughs) you might have, given the level of intellect of these people. Where is it not there? I'm a little judgy. I apologize to uh, everybody out there, including Lindsay's mom, if I offend you and your position on this matter, but I feel quite strongly about it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Understandably so. All right, so Time Magazine published that about them, and they focused, or excuse me, they were talking about how they can have different choices of eye color, hair color, athleticism, height, and now potentially skin color. Crazy. Very crazy. I know, I know. Mm. No bueno. So, this goes on to say that um, lots of ethical concerns, understandably so, and um, a lot of things that people are overlooking are just the social implications of creating children with preferred traits. It would create division between those that can afford the service and those that cannot. Mm-hmm. So the Did wealthy. You see the movie Galaga. A Gadiga? Gadiga, yeah, yeah. That, that reference, you're right. You beat I me don't to the punch. I know that I did. Good yes. movie. Oh, okay, all right. Put it on my list. Yeah. So economic, excuse me, economic, economic divisions may grow into genetic divisions. Right. So you can really right. then see physical differences. All I keep hearing in my head right now is um, one of my favorite um, lines ever from a movie. I cannot remember his character, mm. but the mathematician played by Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. 
Oh, okay. Scientists spent so much time trying to figure out whether or not they could. They yeah. never stopped to think whether or not they should. They should. should. Yep. <laughs> yep. True story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was alive for that movie, by the way. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. Me too. As an adult. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, I was in existence, so. That's okay. That's story. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. Yada, yada. Many ethical questions. Yada, yada. I think that's all I got. Yeah. Awesome. That's a good one. I'm, yeah, I'm, you Intriguing, know. Intriguing, right? going to go to bad like frightening <laughs> yeah, sure, but I, I would like to say that you know even as much as I detest science and numbers um, mm. you always come up with good thinkers you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. I enjoy your science facts yes. thank you for not bringing in numbers like <laughs> someone else oh, does wait, we don't have is this a, 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 like a compliment to me personally it is oh thank you I appreciate yeah. that I'm she just she enjoys so used to not hearing you compliment anyone but yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, Heather, would you like to go or would you like um, I, me to go? I think I can handle it. Okay. I don't know why. I feel like we haven't done this, but maybe I just have a bad memory okay. because it feels like something that we should have covered at some okay. point. So I was curious about the history of podcasting. All right. Like how did yeah. it, you know, and, I, and I, I think we all kind of gleaned that the term podcast emerged from the more popular audio device of the early aughts. Mm-hmm. That's the early 2000s. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? Kindergarten? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Definitely middle school. Okay. Aught right, is an old-timey word for zero. Aught is an old-timey word for zero. I did not So the early that. 2000s, um, the iPod, right? Yep. And so because that was uh, um, the first sort of portable device that allowed you to uh, download audio files mm-hmm. and then ultimately stream audio files, um, when podcasts emerged, they took on that name. But it's, it's really born out of the device, not right. because um, there was anything that preexisted the iPod that would lead you to call an audiophile a pod anything. Mm-hmm. Right, right, okay. right. So um, that's just a brief overview of, like, the term. But really, you know, what's the history of actually producing these, you know, on-demand audiophiles that have now taken over, right. really, the, the listening universe. Right. And everybody wants in, mm-hmm. including, us. you know, us. Oh, by the so, way, we have over 1,000 downloads. We do. We do. Yeah. How many of them? Twelve by... are from France. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I just am curious. Like, we'll have to get back to that because I was actually trying to find statistics and I ran out of time. Yep. But what's interesting to me every time you quote sort of download um, statistics yeah. is that you know my phone. I have a feed. I have subscriptions, and I refresh. And then I'm wondering. It's not counting every time I open up my app, right? There's no. one download yes. per. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because um, then sometimes I have it in my feed, but then I, I additionally save it. Yeah. Like the way my no, it'll still count as one. The, one, other, the okay. other thing that I'm not sure of is, you know, you can listen to them right off the um, net. Like you can stream it rather than download it. So these are the numbers of downloads. So there oh. could be more oh, like who offline. are streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Is there a way to check that? I, I haven't looked. At, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Uh, I haven't found it yet. Okay. Nor have I looked let's particularly just, hard. Let's just yep. rest on our laurels. A thousand yeah. is damn impressive. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Thank you. Th- thank you. Thank you, listening all of audience. You. 84% we from the United States. We appreciate you. 84% from the United States. Stellar. Um, so what I was going to say was, um, oh, right. So that's the history of the term. But something called, um, like its predecessor, podcasting's predecessor was called audio blogging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually date that back to the 1980s, okay? On Meg's personal timeline, that's Mm -hmm. what 
I was there. Kelly two Olympic months, era. Three, I don't know. Three, excuse me. Oh, right. Okay. Thank you. True millennial. Okay. Mm. So, um, uh, the 1980s, you know, before, you know, the advent of the World Wide Web, there was something called the Radio Computing Services, RCS, and there was music and talk-related software um, that was really allotted to radio stations, but it was digital. And it was really for, um, mostly for like educational research institutions mm -hmm. that were exchanging these digital audio files. So it was really for educational purposes. Um, there were This is few, very educational. Yes, isn't it though? Mm -hmm. um, but there were, so there was something called the MIDI format, which I think I MIDI. even remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The MIDI format, mm -hmm. yeah, MIDI. MIDI. Um, just... Yeah, MIDI would be something different. Yeah, I like to heat up me tea in the, in the <laughs> microwave. Um, so this multicast uh, network um, of radio computing services was used to distribute these audio, and they occasionally had video files. Um, mm. So that was kind of interesting. But what w the, the current incarnation of podcasts, and this is hysterical to me and will only really be, I think, relatable by Linda and probably Jessica as well. Mm. Um, so the, the, um, the advent of current day podcasting, on-demand audio files that you can download, either stream or download, um, is really around the year 2000. Um, the true uh, two godfathers of podcasting are Dave Weiner, who was a software developer and had um, an early um, uh, developer of RSS feeds. Mm -hmm. um, and he um, actually had a popular web blog, a blog, um, and he was really into radio. And so he started to think about how the technology he was developing could be applied to audio. Um, but he did that in collaboration with a man named Adam Curry. Does that ring a bell, Linda? Okay. Adam Curry. Adam Curry. Adam Curry was one of the original 1980s MTV VJs. Ah, okay. Uh, so I grew up in the middle of nowhere. We didn't have MTV. We didn't have cable. Oh, because oh, I was like, I was looking at the name, and I'm like, Adam Curry. That's just you know, that could be a common name. Yeah. And no, it is the, the MTV MD, guy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, downtown Julie Brown. That same era. Okay. Absolutely, that same era. Yep. Absolutely. So. Um, so these two were like hanging out. They were both into technology and they were both into like audio and radio, obviously, and MTV VJ. Um, so Adam was the one who came up with the idea of like, it would be cool if um, anything, and the, the internet was like in its early phases, right? So they were putting these files up. Like they might, there might be a website that had a mm -hmm. video file or a, a music file, but it w you could only really access it if you were like online. They didn't really have broadband. Mm -hmm. People were doing dial up. And you had to like be connected, boop, 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 right? Uh -huh. Be connected, and then maybe you could you could play it live. But this idea of downloading took so much mm -hmm. bandwidth right. mm -hmm. that um, they were like, "What can we do about this?" Like Adam really wanted this idea of like a subscription thing, where like you say, "I want to see all the videos that you put on this website, and I yeah. just want them to show up for me." And this guy Dave was like, "Well, that's really impossible because." Like, there's just not enough bandwidth. Yeah. And so they came up with this idea, and I'm going to botch the technology, but part of the idea was that um, if you could, if you're not surfing the internet, like you're not actively doing anything, but you're connected, mm -hmm. that there would be enough free bandwidth. So if you were subscribed and they could write into this code, like, you are subscribed to this, it will download whether you are online or not, mm -hmm. and it will show up in some sort of 
device or um, software program, mm-hmm. like an application. And so they really were the first to kind of code this idea that you could subscribe to audio files, huh. and they created a mechanism for allowing for enough bandwidth to do that. I thought that was so cool. That is cool. Um, so it really, um, the way they coded it, it was really Adam that did the coding, was using Apple scripts. So uh, like yeah. the, 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 I, the iPod came out, and he, they basically rigged it. They yeah. basically stole some of the code, mm-hmm. tinkered with it. And so it was initially, again, like this idea of a podcast. It really was like very Apple-driven, um, which is not you know, good for someone like me who does not buy Apple products. Um, so they, they met in 2000, in 2000. They started working this out. And it took um, four years after their original meeting to make subscription and automatic file downloads of video and audio um, easy for the masses. I'm sorry, I zoned out. What time? When? 2004. Okay, thank you. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, am I not? I'm not this is not no. interesting to you, Linda? I no, know. it is. I just... I, I, was, I, can, I can sum up. I was actually thinking in my <laughs> head about the... the uh, <laughs> I, I was like... No, I was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like... Uh, how for, how for those of us that cannot see, could you just um <laughs> I was just doing a little dance. <laughs> that was the Oompa Band inside of Linda's head. <laughs> That's right. was not... Yeah, it was. I, I was. Yeah, I was, there was a lot going on in there, and and, uh, and I and I lost. I lost the train. Okay, uh, but no, what were you thinking of? I was thinking about um, how to mock you for the pretentiousness of not buying Apple products. Um, I've had this conversation with many people. Yeah. Okay. But you don't need to have it with me now. <laughs> I won't. But just the other day, I'm in GameStop yep. because buying That's presents for a 13-year-old yeah. yeah. there you yeah. go hmm. and uh i went to go pay with my phone and i was like this works right and he's like yeah yeah, yeah. uh um sometimes it's a little wonky with iphones i'm like i don't buy iphones he's like me neither and those are the people that know about technology and devices <laughs> and he said android phones it's like having it's more like having a computer and it's true like if you want something that's easy to interface with because you know you don't have to worry about getting lost in your apps and everything <laughs> go with your iphone so that's she, fine. she's calling your piece of technology very simple it's <laughs> fine rudimentary that's um <laughs> because you know what uh, i don't lots of sponsor I, yeah I, I don't do much coding um yeah. <laughs> i don't do much other than crushing candy right. so <laughs> for those purposes thank you um so in january of 2005 the first podcast network appeared at techpodcast.com which is today a property of a company called raw voice which apparently still exists um and in 2005 uh the inaugural people's choice podcast awards were held in ontario california Hmm. and that was the first podcast expo as well. What year was that? 2005. 2005. So it's been a while. It's been a years. And um, now we have Webby Awards, um, which incorporate podcasts as well as, I think, websites and and other digital products. Um, But I know that um, podcasts are eligible for those awards. And I also found out, if I can get my... We're hoping to win next year. We are. are. (laughs) Vote early and often, folks. Yep. (laughs) Um, There is a National Podcast Day. I'm going to end with the National Podcast Day so that we can all mark our calendars. Oh, good call. Um, It is September 30th. All right. Nice. uh, 2019. We will all be here. Let's plan ahead. We'll plan to, yeah. To celebrate that that auspicious day. Yeah. Fabulous. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good. We need to know our history. Oh, exactly. That's right. History of our people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> our um, culture. I think, however, one of the most salient points of things that I think I just learned 
is I really should go first because I have a hard time focusing on other people. <laughs> yeah, you do. When, uh, <laughs> as I'm anticipating me going. So, so the whole time you're just thinking, just thinking but, about I wanna say, yeah. but I want to say, so but I want to say. So part of it, part of it is the anxiety of having to wait. Uh, but the other part is that I'm so excited about mine that it was hard for me to throw my coffee at my fellow (laughs) podcasters. So good to know. So there's apparently a real reason why I always go first. Other than this just, is like somebody I knew uh, a time ago who insisted that if there were multiple people going, on, like we were getting in a car together, that she had to sit up front because she got car sick if she sat in the back. Yeah. And I'm thinking, eh, yeah, no, that's kind just of bogus. But yeah. I guess we'll all have to listen to that now. Yeah, like, I oh, think Linda's so. always got to go first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, I was thinking and somehow fell down a rabbit hole that involved the history of drinking tubes. Okay, I'm going to say I know maybe where this is coming from. Okay. Did you have a moment recently where a paper straw was involved? Well, yes, and but... And you described how much you hated it. it? Yes, so that could have been. So really what, it, what, what, what spurred this investigation... And I think I said, oh, you hate the environment. Yes, and I said I do. Yeah. Uh, actually, I believe I said something about being a genetic dead end, and therefore I don't really feel the need to preserve the... <laughs> preserve the uh, future yeah. I'm, I'm helping the planet by not uh, reproducing. Okay. Um, <laughs> in, in many ways, that's very helpful. Uh, so, but what really I started thinking about, I was like, you know, I wonder what how many straws the United States consumes. Okay, so in case this doesn't make any sense, I, I, we just got cut off. So I was, I was thinking about uh, specifically Latin America because I lived in, in, in Central America for a while. Mm-hmm. And y- when you go and you buy a beverage, they bottle them in glass bottles. Mm-hmm. And so you don't take the bottle away. They, they decant yeah. whatever you bought into a plastic bag, stick a straw in it, and give it to you. That so it's like Coke in a bag. Too. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that was in that bag previously. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And actually, I have a really great story that is a visual. I'll tell you guys later. I, wait, wait. I'm, okay. I'm a little lost right <laughs> yeah. now. You said decant because you couldn't just say pour. Right. Okay. <laughs> yes. And is the liquid pour, or the plastic bag that we're talking about, yes. it's not like that bag I it's like got a, at ShopRite. No, it's like a sandwich bag. It's like, like a, a sandwich Like bag. a Ziploc. Okay. Oh, okay. But it's, it's, it's not a, a Ziploc. Is but it a fresh Ziploc is what I'm asking? One would, one would hope, yes. <laughs> one would hope. Um, but one cannot confirm. But one cannot confirm. Mm, okay. So when you go to, especially like, they're everywhere on the ground that littered. All right, there's plastic bags with straws sticking out of them everywhere. Um, but especially if you go to these hubs, transportation hubs, the, the bus stops, mm. because it, it's it's wild. They are they, the people who are decanting, and sometimes it is a like it's it's huge. It's not even like a Home Depot bucket. It's like three times the size of a Home Depot bucket. And they're just popping filled, and pouring, popping and pouring, filled and with and pouring. juice oh. that they are. So this one woman I was watching <laughs> in Nicaragua had. Uh, the a, a big vat of juice, a big vat of ice that must have just been delivered, and she was taking and would add the ice to the the juice to keep it cool. And yes, it ended up watering it down. But the best part was I saw her reach into the ice, mop her brow with it because it's like 110 degrees, and then put, and it, then in put the it in the in the oh, juice. No, 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 no. So no, anyway, no, no. they're walking around outside <laughs> outside so the buses. 
handing these oh. these um, you know baggies with juicy bags, juicy bags, juicy bags, juicy uh, sweaty bags, juicy sweaty bags <laughs> to the people in the buses, and then the people in the buses throw them out. So. I was thinking about this. I thought, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I thought maybe where you were going was that there's this no quality control system for disseminating uh, beverages to right. people on the street, but you better not bring it on a bus. Yeah. I, thought, <laughs> I, thought, I, thought they, I thought they were leaving at the bus. <laughs> nope, nope. It's because you're sitting there, so you get to the bus. There's only you know, and you you get on the bus so that you have a seat and you don't have to hang. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you're on the bus, you generally don't don't leave. And yeah. it's freaking hot. Nicaragua is the hottest place I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, so that is why some I must have been listening to the radio and somebody's mm-hmm. talked about a straws. And so I'm like, I want what I really want to do is find the numbers, like what by country who consumes the most straws. Um, there utilizes. I hope people aren't eating them. Right. Yeah, well, that, okay. That would be terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> and discard. So there actually was not one meta-analysis. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of the history of drinking tubes, okay. as they are called. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'll give you the numbers they do have, which does not include Central America. So the whole thing, I didn't get to. I didn't get the actual information I was All looking right. for. All right. So. I've the, never seen so many passionate, so passionate. I'm very, I was very straws. excited. I, like I said, I was in this rabbit hole for a while. Yeah. I, yeah. I was I'm like, not going to lie. When you said drinking yeah. tubes, I was yeah. thinking of the one from college. Oh, yeah. Like a beer, <laughs> like a beer bong? I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> well, Strauss. Well, yeah. Well, let's talk about ice luges. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, I'm very excited. Strauss. So yeah. as far back as 5,000 years ago, who? The ancient Sumerians again. Uh, the ancient people, Sumerians are amazing. So mm-hmm. they used to use, um, they used to make straws out of precious metals, like lapis lazuli. Oh. Um, and and uh, what they used it for was because they were also the inventors of beer. Maybe not the yes, inventors yes, of, yes, but, yes, they yes, defi- yes. but they brewed. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've ever brewed your own beer. Of course I have, because I'm a dabbler. I'll try anything. So um, <laughs> We have had homebrew home beer, beer in our house i was not the one who brewed it but yeah so uh in the in the brewing um in, in the fermentation process like the byproducts float to the top yes. and so what they would do is they invented these straws so that they could get below those byproducts and drink ah, that's smart is that great mm-hmm. we should but just they, do that yeah they even but like i said they created them they didn't find something in nature and use it like right. like we did in the united states in the right. 1800s which i'll tell you about in a second but <laughs> so um, i'm very excited <laughs> but uh they they built that they made them out of precious metals amazing um so then wow. in the united states in the eight yes i have a question <laughs> i raised yeah, my hand i saw that um I'm just curious if uh, there are uh, artifacts. Like, so clearly historians know this. Right, like, because I've they never have seen this in yes. a museum. Um, I, don't I think. can I can link. We're gonna have to find yeah. that. Yeah, you may have seen it. And just didn't it just didn't register? Didn't, register. You didn't even think about it. Yeah, right? I would hmm. Well, I think I would have been like an, an opal straw. Like that would yeah. be like yeah, crazy well, to me. Well, right. I, I mean, they now sell metal straws in stores. Right. They do sell metal. So straws. those are not as innovative as I thought they were. Right, that's right, exactly. The freaking ancient Sumerians and those. So over here in America, we mm-hmm. used um, rye grass straw. So it's the rye grass is <coughs> hollow, and so when you let it um, dry out, it will. Yes. People were using it as straws. Okay. Um, and so this one guy, his name, what was his name? Um, Martin Stone, Marvin Stone, uh, who owned a cigarette 
paper manufacturing. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. so he was using his his rye grass straw and drinking his mint julep, <coughs> and they said there has to be a better way. We got to go one step back though, okay. because there's something about this like. You need the straw if you're going to consume your beverage from a bag. You need to... <laughs> okay. Challenge accepted. I'm not yeah. judging. I'm yes. just judging. Yes. Um, <laughs> you need a straw if you're trying to penetrate the rising right. stuff. Yeah. Sediment does make sense because it's rising. Right. Uh, to get to the liquid for a, yes. a homebrew. Right. Why do you need the straw for your mint julep? Like, what about drinking because out of a glass was so was such a barrier? That because we're like, this is the 1800s. Yeah. Okay. So it was like really strong. The, but there was byproducts. So there were uh, there were mint leaves, okay. right? Okay. And so okay. those were floating to the so top. We needed a way so, to, yeah. All right. Thank so, you. Thank you're welcome. I'm so glad you have answered that. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably had like a big old, you know. Oh uh, yeah, handlebar mustache yeah. or something. Right. All of the hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 leaves would be yeah. unbecoming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he actually got the first patent on paper straw. What was and his name? Stone. Stone. Marvin Stone. Okay. Um, and they retooled his cigarette paper um, uh, in, in, uh, factory to make to, to make to make oh. paper straws. Okay. And they did it by you know molding the straw, wrapping paper around a cylinder, yeah. and then covering it with um, wax. Was it paraf- paraffin? Was yeah. that called? Yeah. Oh, sure. Whatever. Put your hand in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that that's how that was the first. The first um, patent in the United States. And then it wasn't until 50 years later in 1930 mm. when someone invented the bendy straw. Ah. Huh. Still paper. Oh. So what he did is he took a screw, ins- had it inside of the straw, used floss to to wrap around, and then took the screw out. Again, somebody said, you know... I just got to work too hard with these current right, straws. Right. Can okay. you put it closer to my mouth? <laughs> so, who... Think about any kind of tech, technology. People with disabilities. Yes. And oh, so the, okay. first people, the first people who adopted it, they were yeah. the hospitals. Mm-hmm. And they yes. did. So, yes. um, in, and then, all right, so in 1870, I know we're, we're kind of going back and forth, but because that was all, it was still paper straws, but in 1870 is when plastic was invented. Okay. Okay. And so it was used... Um, you know, for well, wait. Let me give you. In 1911, the dispenser. Like draw a timeline. You really do. Mm. <laughs> well, in you 1911, brought a model. <laughs> mm, I'm sorry, I could have brought a picture. Um, <laughs> I am actually going to link a great article in the Atlantic, though, um, that, about, that straws. T- about straws. Okay. Uh, but so, in 1911, the dispenser was invented um, that allowed you to the kind, the rolly kind, the rolly kind, not the one where you pick up the top right. and they're all there. Nope. I love those ones. Because so now also happening at this time or during you know during the industrial revolution more involved than I could have it possibly is amazing <laughs> she warned us she went down a big she rabbit did. hole so the industrial revolution you had yeah. people moving into the cities prior to that you didn't have a whole lot of restaurants but then when when the cities started growing more and you had more people in the cities um, that you had more restaurants and the straw was seen as one way 
to combat the filthy water glasses mm. that people were were using. Right, right. So the dispenser came about because it would, uh, you know, people weren't touching all the straws. Right. Um, so, and then plastics were heavily, heavily used during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after World War II, there's like this huge plastic in, uh, industry with nothing to make. Mm-hmm. And that's where it the straws be, started to become plastic was after oh. World War II. Um, so instead of like military grade weaponry, right? They, straws. They made bendy straws. Yeah, um, I like it. By the used way, for good rather than evil. Well, and, well, well, debatable, right? Yeah. Because true, it, right? All that right? Damn true. So it remains fairly unchanged. <laughs> um, the 1980s that you saw the silly straw. Right, absolutely, and the jumbo straw, the jumbo straw, yeah, yeah. Uh, but for the most part, from the post World War II to the present time, pretty much un, un mm-hmm. unchanged. Mm-hmm. Now, as we know, they are a huge controversy right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because they are the eleventh most found non recycled items, right? Mm-hmm. Non recycled and and non biodegradable, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it is. The reason why, although the plastic itself is recyclable, the issue is that they're so light that yeah. they float, and so they don't get the machinery can't <laughs> capture them right, to go right. through the uh, recycling process. Right. So at our current time, um, we have oh wait it, the the use of these things went from in 1901, okay, in the United States, we used 165 million straws. Whoa, paper, paper. Mm-hmm. 1924, it went up to four billion. So from in those 20-ish years, from 165 million to four billion, and some fraction of those may have been plastic. No, no, because yet. plastic. Not no, not, not yet. yet. Okay. Um, 2019, the United States alone oh. uses 500 million a day. Oh my gosh! Which is about. So I did the math. I, you know, once you get too many zeros, you did math. I did. But Lindsay I can't, would be so proud. You but can't I can't write that exponential. I, I know. Well, that's the thing. Like I saw, I got. Notation. I'm yeah. guessing. Then that's what it was. I got a scientific <laughs> yeah. notation. So I think that's a uh, 1.8 trillion. Um, but Lindsay, in a I'd, year, in a year, yeah. I'd like you to do the math on that, um, which is. Uh, oh, I didn't write it down. I like. Of course, somebody always tells you how many times around the Earth that is, right? But I don't seem to have it here. Oh. So currently, 127 countries have or have already banned it or banned plastic straws or already working on it. Okay. Um, either banned it or are working on it. Uh, they are trying to come up with the alternative, the, the, the paper, which I don't like because they melt. Mm-hmm. Um, they Someone has created, uh, has manufactured a straw made out of avocado I, seed. Oh, avocado that seed. That will okay. break down in 200-something uh, days. Okay. Um, but one of, oh, uh, after, after the ants come and take it away. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I think my final fun fact will be, you know, we are in the era of social media activism. Mm-hmm. So the Twitter hashtag for banning the straw, wait for it. Hashtag stop sucking. Ah, oh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad they got that one instead of, you know. Some other industry. Um, <laughs> I, so in, was it Connecticut? I could be wrong. I think it was Connecticut last year, invention convention. A grade schooler, I believe elementary school, invented a um, 
uh, a way to use water to create a frozen straw. Oh, really? And so then you can huh. just have frozen straws in your freezer, and then you're going to drink a cold beverage, and you pop it in, and you can That's use it. That's a good it. idea. Yeah. As long awesome? as, I mean, the timing is The timing is, is, is everything. Is important. Now, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sipper. Yeah. yeah. Not a sucker. Yeah. yeah. I'm a sipper, <laughs> and so I probably so wouldn't she work said, for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so many times. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm going to say that I know things now mm-hmm. that I didn't know about 40 minutes ago. Right. And that is yeah. a successful fun fact. Yeah, I, agree. I think so too. I agree. Do you think Lindsay's mom enjoyed our facts? I think she probably did. I, I, so. I, I think she found the straws particularly interesting. Yes. Though. I'm going to say I, she did because she, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has an affinity for you, Linda. Mm. I know. Uh, well, she is my, she is my contemporary. Mm. I've also decided that at some point, like when we have more than three people, mm-hmm. I almost promise, I'm not quite there yet, mm. that I will not come with a fun fact because I do uh, monopolize time when oh, no, other no, no. people are talking as well as when I deliver. So that way I won't feel bad as I'm constantly throwing it. Listen, I can't tell you how impressed with myself that I knew that, that shit came from the ice. All right. Then I need to have the ability to, to tell those things. Um, but and so, I think uh, we all get equal time. Oh, I think if you ask Jess or Lindsay, they would tell you something different. What do you uh, think, I, ladies? Uh, I would say I enjoy your fun facts. Yeah. But well, I, thank I, you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, I was going to talk about France for 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but I... Uh, oh, what a bummer. Yeah, We're out of time. I know. But I did go down the, uh, the straw rabbit hole. That's okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what we would like you to do. We would love for you to subscribe. We would love for you to share. We would love for you to rate. And we would love for you to review. Because pretty soon we're going to be offering merch. Uh, I'm thinking a, a t-shirt that says All Fact Up and perhaps a picture of a duck in flight with a, an erect penis. <laughs> Classy. Yeah. Uh, that would look <laughs> great on a beer koozie. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. That is definitely not safe for work. Yes. No. no. I make no. sure that is explicitly. Um, yeah, I talk. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, think we, I think we better say goodbye. <laughs> Bye now.